I think we were shooting 20%, and today we shot 26%, so we got better. That is the basketball equivalent of the sound of one hand clapping. The Lakers win their first game for the season against the Nuggets and celebrate like they won a championship. (sighs) Anyway, we don't talk too much about the Los Angeles Lakers in this episode. Episode number 23 of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. We talk a little bit about the start of the NBL season and, of course, the start of the NBA season. Bit of a hero and zero and the usual banter in between. The Oracle seemed to have a bit of an off day during recording. Not sure what was going on with him. Maybe it becomes a bit clearer if you listen to the final part of the episode beyond the outro music. Uh, If you haven't done that before, then you might want to tune into this one, or you may be motivated to never listen past the outro music ever again if you're easily offended. Anyway, let's just get on with the episode, episode number 23 of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. I'm Rodney E, the point god of sport comedy podcasts, and I'm here with the team, the squad, the Oracle, and Matt. How you going, guys? I'm good, mate. Um, I'm pretty good. Uh, how are you, Frank? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, fucking, yeah. Oh, you good. sound you sound great, Oracle. <laughs> what? Uh, well, it, was, it, was, it was only a half good Blumpkin this morning or something? <laughs> Well, you know, it's better than no bumpkins. So yeah, he ran, out, he ran out of Windex to polish in his fucking crystal ball to peer into the future. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing this again. Uh, let's get straight into the opening tip. Pretty interesting finish to the Sydney and Cairns game last night. Matt, did you see it? I did, yeah. What a game. What a game. Game of Best the game? year. Yeah, best, best game, game. Best game. Yeah, I think NBA it was. this year, yeah, for sure. And I kind of felt bad for the Taipans too. I felt like they probably should have got it. Yeah. But, but they just let it slip a couple of plays. I mean, literally in the last five seconds. Yeah, Frank, um, Frank, did you see slip. Did you see this game as well, Frank? Uh, I only saw bits and pieces, but more so towards the end. You than, saw the uh, end, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You saw Noy hit the shot at the end, and uh, it was his 25th birthday, apparently, too. So, happy against birthday. Against his old team, right? Against, against his old team. Game, game winner against your old team on your birthday. On your Pretty birthday, good. team that got rid of you, you, you shut him out at the end there. Pretty satisfying moment for uh, for that dude, I would How say. How did I leave him wide open, though? He was fucking wide open for the shot. Yeah. Yeah, he had a good look at it. 
Yeah, yeah. He was. It was a good pass, though, i got to say. Sean Bruce as well. Like, he, he went off in that game. Uh, he's done yeah. fuck all all year, but. Uh, yeah, except run his mouth. <laughs> he's good at running his mouth. Yeah, he's good, yeah. At, good at trying to get under. He's, he's almost like uh, the white Ron Artest. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of, <laughs> except Ron was uh, could have a bit of offensive output it was, uh, from time to time. This guy fucking does fuck all most of the time. But he, wait, wait, he hit four or five threes, I think. He produced last night for the Sydney Kings and helped them get over the line in the end. Probably was the difference in the end. I mean, Cooks had a pretty good game, I thought, too. Yep. I mean, it was just a great game. And just to, to Frank's point before, that defender, I mean, he's kind of in no man's land. He's in fucking – the defense is all shifted to the one side and he's like, what's the fucking inbounder going to do? He's sort of got, trying to keep his head on the swivel and a great pass to that guy and releases it in – what was it, point nine, under uh, 0.7, had, something like that? 0.9 they had. Yeah, what a game. Great game. And um, speaks to the quality of the – the uh, the play in the NBL at the moment. Uh, well, how much parity is there, man? Every every team is around the same. Like, there's not much difference between the bottom team and the top team. And on any given night, anyone can win. That's right, and that's that's becoming truer with every game that you know I watch in the NBL. Pretty much, it's been true for for years, but I think the world is finding out now what the NBL is all about. Some people, are, uh, especially imports coming over, are start having a bit of a. <laughs> well, they're finding out. Pretty not, quickly that not so easy. Not, yeah, it's not so fucking easy. And a couple of imports have talked themselves up big time and have sucked ass basically the whole season. Correct. The the guy for um, Rashad, so on uh, from yeah, Melbourne from United. Mel- United, yeah, said he was the best first year import this year. I think he yeah he saying that in the media and and he has been bad. Hasn't been good for Melbourne United. They they added uh, you know they. Interesting finish to their game too in Illawarra double OT there. Yeah, that was a good game too. But but I was calling it the Battle of the Bastards because they're both kind of on the downward trend. But yes, I yeah, think the Hawks just blinked first. They did. Yeah, they dropped the ball at the end. I think that free throw by Sam Froling that needed to go in. You know, to make it a two possession game. Maybe they would yeah. got it then, but uh, no, Melbourne United, too good in the end. But I just wanted to just quickly mention Shaden Sharp, Matt, because how much have we seen of this guy yet? I mean, I've... I've, we've, I've seen none. I've still seen... All I've seen is highlights. I haven't we, seen a Blazers game yet this season, mainly because I watch on KO. Yeah, so you, not you likely the, to uh, yeah. catch a Blazers game on KO. <laughs> not, not really. I mean, they played a few last season, the- but... I wasn't yeah. expecting them to play that many. I mean, if, you, if you're watching on KO, you're getting ESPN, TNT games, so you're going to get a fuckload of Lakers and Warriors games. That's right, yeah. Unfortunately, unless they, I was going to say that, unless they're playing the Lakers or Warriors, they probably won't get aired on KO. But what I've seen of him, for, to your point, uh, what I've seen of him has been good. I mean... We, we watched a clip last night that pretty much... Yeah, that was a huge dunk. I mean, yeah, that, that was... That was, that was within, massive. Within a short space of time, the dude is floating in the air. That's what it looks like. He has got yeah. some amazing athletic ability. And I've seen a little bit of the Blazers. They've put him in in the fourth quarter a couple of times. And, you know, he's a basketball player too. He's not just an athlete. He knows how to play basketball. He's he's not exceptional at sort of anything like shooting or defense yet. But he's out there giving a lot of effort, you know, and he looks capable on defense. He looks capable on offense too. So I think there's pretty big hope for that young guy. Hopefully he sticks in the in the NBA and you know gets a good opportunity and starts getting well, He's gonna get an opportunity there, mate, at the Blazers there. And he'll uh, get it at the Blazers, for sure. Yeah, I mean they've had a, st- a start good start to the season. 
don't think Gary Payton the second hasn't even played a game yet either. But right, they look um, okay. The Blazers, you know, their defense looks better. I don't think you know the offense doesn't look much better, but I think. The defense definitely does. It looks. Yeah, I mean, there's encouraging signs, but I say this every time we talk about the Blazers. They're always going to give 100% effort and be competitive and get into the eight spot, the play in tournament. You reckon that's where they end up this year? I think that's where they end up again. Yeah, because Damian Lillard, man, he's just an unbelievable competitor. And it doesn't matter what you put around him, he's going to get those guys up and get them fairly successful. I mean, it's, it's a miracle that the teams that he's had over the last few seasons have been fairly successful. He's. On the record, as, as stating, he wants to bring a championship to Portland. He wants to – that's his goal. That's what he wants to do. So can he yeah, do it? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> should they tank? I mean, you know, should they – Should I mean, you know, get into the Wembiana race? Yeah, I don't know. Not sure. I, I, I mean, Tanking doesn't work. I mean, I people like always strategy, bring it up. But um, look, I, th- I think we'll, get, we'll probably go through a few teams once we've had 20 games in the NBA because it's really hard to gauge the NBA in the first 10 games, I think. You get oh, this, this this always happens within the first five, ten games. You get absolutely. You know, yeah. Team teams are full of fucking energy and all that. I mean, you look at Utah, and no one you know had him pinned to be playing this well, but uh, you know, Markin has fucking came out all guns blazing at the moment. Yeah, he's so, he's, you know, ca- he's he carried did, on. He he's carried on that Euroleague form, hasn't he, Frank? I yeah, yep. Yeah. He played awesome in the Euroleague for Finland and um, destroyed most teams he played against. Shot the, saying, shot the ball unbelievably, and he's carried it through into this season with Utah. So, but going back, going back to Portland, I mean, you had Simmons who hasn't really played that much with Lillard when, especially when Simmons was playing really well and Lillard was out. But uh, you know, those Simmons two can or be a really good backcourt. He's talking about Anthony Simons, or yeah, sorry, Simons. Don't say Simmons. Don't tag him with Simmons. But uh, I think I was calling him Simmons for a farewell too, mate, because there's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, it's definitely Simon. Was, but, yeah. We just don't want to get him confused with the, uh, you know, that the the guy who can't shoot. Right. Oh no, he's the total opposite of that. No, he's better. He can definitely shoot. Anthony Sh- Simons can definitely shoot. But, you know, and I'll, you know, can sharp turn into a sort of a, a young Levine. Ma- Someone well, who's really athletic, and you know, he'll he'll get better over the years and has yeah. that potential. He's got more size than Levine, though. So yeah, you know, I'd see him as more like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows what he'll be, man? Let's uh, let's just wait and see. Then, uh, all right, let's uh, get into a bit of NBL stuff. NBL unrivaled. This is a world class league. I wanted to talk quickly about the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix season start, Matt. I don't know. You'll be interested to talk about that. We beat Perth yesterday. Yeah, yeah. By great point. win. Good win by the Phoenix there. What did you see in that game that was uh, encouraging? Big Sauce's performance, I thought, was great. I mean, yep. he has sort of gotten better as the season has gone on. Uh, Looks there pretty are comfortable some... out there. Yeah, he does. And it's basically the wins that the Phoenix have got this season are just been strictly down to the never-say-die attitude of Mitch Creek. I mean, the guy plays every possession at 1,000%. He does, I yeah. I don't think that there is a player in the NBL that has more of an impact. Even fucking, what's his name from Perth? Cotton? Cotton, yeah. I think that Creek has more of an impact on his team than any person maybe in the history of the NBL, maybe since Andrew Gate. Like, and I don't even mean scoring. Like, he's just in everything. He's Energy. just he's screening, he's rolling, he's rebounding, he's playing defense, he's on offense, he's in yep. everything. And, man, his, his will to win is the only reason why the Phoenix have won all the games that they have in the early season. They have a lot of chemistry problems. I think they do have a, 
some chemistry problems. I don't mind Trey Kell. I think he may sort of be like big source and sort of get into it. Uh, Joe Chi is, is uh, yeah, I mean, he'll, he's he'll a guy be, who should dominate this league but hasn't really. Yeah, well, he's, I think the speed of play sometimes, he can't keep up with how fast it goes sometimes. When it slows down, I think he's more effective. Yeah, but a, a great win in Perth, like you said. That win in Perth, it was a good example of that where Joe Cheese was sent to the bench in the last quarter, basically, uh, yeah. and we went a bit smaller. You two blokes know that I take extra pleasure in seeing Perth lose too, but uh, I love it when Perth loses, especially at home. Yeah. And I, they've I, been I, beaten maybe three times at home this season too. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not uh, – It's not the fortress anymore. It's it, not the, uh, you know, sure win that it used to be. I don't think Perth are a lock for the top four. From what I've seen it from the second yeah. start, I don't think they're a lock. I think you can probably lock Cairns in, right? Yeah. I mean, I had Cairns in my top four at the beginning of the season. Pretty much every person out there, every basketball expert, was saying bottom of the ladder for <laughs> – Well, yeah. In the preview with me and uh, Frank did, yeah, that's what we read out from – wherever the projections were coming from. Not yeah, sure but were. you, you, you knew the coach, uh, Adam Ford, that they were going to get out, get up and down and attack, and they had the young bodies to do that, and they were going to hustle on defense. That's exactly what they've done. And, and they put Pinder up 40. also has been fantastic this season, Mike. He has, yeah. Amazing. He's been awesome. Whatever he did in the offseason, definitely worked for him, and he's playing out of his head this year. Can I, can I bring Frank in on this? I've got a bit of a comparison. I wonder if this, you think this is a fair comparison. Pinder has worked on his game. He's played for Australia in the offseason all that. Now, the guy, Kai Soto, who plays for Adelaide, the 36ers, did nothing in the offseason, didn't work on his game, and he looks like a big fucking stinking pile of shit out there just fucking <laughs> getting by on being seven foot three or whatever he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just a big uh, Filipino guy. Yeah. yeah. It, just the law of mathematical averages says he, at some point, he's going to get a rebound and he'll probably get a dunk. You know what I mean? Like, yes. He's how do you see, like, just the contrast, Frank, what a of those two players, I think is is amazing, and uh, it, it, people are tricked by people who are over seven foot. I think height doesn't guarantee you success in basketball anymore. No, no, I mean you look at uh, fucking uh, what's his name, um, Brook. Uh, fuck, what's his name? He used to play for Brooklyn. Lopez? No, 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 not not Lopez. The other guy. Um, fuck, I think he plays for fucking Milwaukee now. Seven footer. But he, I can he only fucking, think of Brooke Lopez. Are you talking about the, the Brooke Lopez, brother of Robin Lopez? Fuck, it is Brooke Lopez too. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Take the cock out of your mouth, Oracle. Fucking, yeah, you need to polish up that fucking crystal ball, mate. It's clouding your vision. Yeah. Keep going, mate. Brooke Lopez. What's happened? Are you there, Frank? Frank? That's it, he's cracked oh, it. Fucking hell. <laughs> there we go, that's better. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at fucking Brook Lopez and fucking, uh, you yes. know, he, he, a guy that was starting starting. He was, he was gone, right? He was. He looked like his career was over and then he started shooting threes. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, he never got a fucking, for, for a fucking, you never, you never got fucking rebounds. Yeah, it's weird, like some centres, they just, they don't, I don't know what it is, they've got a fucking. I think we have an, to get an aura around them, they don't, they don't, the ball doesn't go near them or some shit. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. just I mean, it, it's, it, I was thinking this the other day, but you guys could maybe disagree with this or not, but it is much harder for a person who is seven foot, six, you know, six foot, ten, seven foot to play in basketball now than what it used to be. Oh, with all the three-point shots, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. you know, normally. It's not much post-game. 
I mean, you have to be mobile. You have to move all the time. It's not like in the old days where you could just be, you know, I love yeah, Matumbo. Just, I love Patrick Ewing, but they used to just plonk themselves down yeah. in the post. Low you know post, what I mean? Yeah, but but even, you know, like even I know with three-point shots, if you're defending someone who's taking a three-point shot, you always learn to fucking turn around and block them out because there's a good chance of a long rebound. And, you know, yeah. the, centers, the, the centers are normally underneath or close to the rim, so they're not going to get the rebounds. I don't, yeah, I don't think they are as much anymore because they're they're defend most centers now are defending the three point line like their their man is out fucking sh- you know they pretty sh- much yeah have to have the ability to move laterally and defend the perimeter to, yeah to be a five in the NBA these days but that's why you see guards getting a hell of a lot of rebounds like uh in, even in the NBL like there's a lot of guards that average a lot of rebounds and big guys like Baines is only averaging two rebounds a game yeah three he's rebounds a, good a game I think. A guy who's a huge body who, if he was standing in front of you, there's no way you're getting the rebound. Yeah, he's not averaging big numbers on the ball. No, although he's improved the last few games, though, just on that point. But yeah, I think yeah, he's starting he's, to figure it out now. Yeah, Brisbane have got a bit better, and he started. To, they started to go to him early in the game on offense, which is yeah. what I noticed, um, and that seems to yeah to kickstart what they're doing. But yeah, all right. he's, uh, he's averaging 5.2 rebounds. Yeah. Baines is? Yep. Okay, he must have got a haul in the last couple of games. Yeah, there was, I think he had a, one or two 10-rebound games, but there's definitely been games where he's had one, two rebounds. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the, actually, the last two games, he's gotten 14 rebounds in both games. Right. That's good. Yeah, the, yeah that's, he's definitely played a lot better, up. and it's good to see. He's moving, he's setting screens, he's rolling, he's sort of... Get used to how the league works, how the refs call things, all that too. Yeah. I think, too, it's pretty obvious now that Brisbane should fire their coach. He's getting outcoached in every fucking game. <laughs> he doesn't fill me full of confidence that uh, – I think it's James Duncan, the coach in Brisbane there. Yeah. Every time he speaks to, you know, the, the broadcasters uh, doing the NBL coverage, yeah, it just – I don't know. Whatever he says, it just doesn't fill me full of enthusiasm. His rotations don't seem to make a lot of sense yeah. sometimes. Yeah, his rotations seem to be uh, all fucking fucked. And he's not, his offensive plays he's running, not getting Tyler, uh, you know, the Johnson. Old, Tyler Harvey. Yeah. No, um, what's his name? Tyler Johnson is. Uh, Tyler Johnson. He's yeah. got him coming off the bench at the moment. Um, instead of starting, he adjusted that part of his lineup. Yeah, I mean, you've got to get that. I mean, you've got to put that guy in a position to get shots. Yeah, a guy who's brought in to score the ball, you've got to set. You stuff don't run up plays for him. for him. Yeah, you've got to set stuff up for him. That guy's a proven scorer. He's done it in the NBA for years. You've got to be able to get that out of him in an NBL game. You know, in an NBL sense. Yeah. Um, if he gets sent home before they fire the coach, that would be an absolute travesty of justice. Yeah. Someone else would be good coaching Brisbane, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They should try yeah. and get someone but, else. We got, as we always do, we fucking twisted and turned on every subject matter there. But to get back to your original point, uh, I have a, like a little a little smattering of hope for the Phoenix season. Glimmer, I think that they're always going to be in it with, with Creek, but they've definitely got some chemistry problems. Well, Creek... You know. And like you said, Creek uh, smooths a lot of that over because he seems to have unlimited energy in games. He comes out and does what yeah. is needed, you know, whether it's a rebound, whether it's taking the shot uh, with the shot clock running down, whatever it is. You know? Yeah, and two more energy guys in Adnam who's had a fantastic season as well and Big Source who's just always moving, rebounding, sort of in yeah. the, you know, playing defense, hassling someone. Those three guys have had excellent seasons and the rest around them have kind of struggled a bit, I think. Yeah, well, Gary Brown, I think it is as well, is it? Um, yeah. He, first time I saw him when they played Perth and he seems to be still trying to find his feet as well, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, 
Let's, yeah, I've got a bit of hope for him. Certainly not willing to write him off at this point, but are they a top four team? I hope so. But I, yeah, same here. I hope so too. <laughs> but I, I couldn't guarantee but I doubt it. At yeah. this point, they seem to be outside the top four at the moment. Sydney, obviously, we'd lock them in still. Cairns, I think you'd lock in. Um, who are the other two? Perth and Sydney, I'd, I'd, I would put probably in that you'd top five. You'd put Perth in, I, would I, you? Would, yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I think that Perth What about New has, Zealand? You're not, you're not thinking New Zealand no, have a chance? I, New Zealand have got a really talented roster. They haven't been able to – they're kind of like Phoenix in a lot of ways. They just haven't really been able to fit together that well yet. Yeah. They've had well, some terrible terrible defensive games. They they have, but, uh, you know, they've they've won a few too, so. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll be around four to six or seven, I think. Yeah. I think the vibe is a lot better in New Zealand anyway. They're, they're playing home games again and uh, team looks good. So definitely keep your eye on the NBL if you haven't – watched any of it yet it's still it's all sorts of awesome at the moment the nbl and the games that are happening in our uh, australian league here let's uh, let's move it over to a bit of nba stuff i got a problem man i got issues luka Doncic, early mvp thoughts on that oracle, do you reckon he can win it? Yeah, I think so. He's uh, putting up great numbers. Um, Had a 40-point triple-double the other day. Yeah, I mean, he's always going to be in contention with the numbers he throws up. But, uh, it, it, I mean, it all comes down to when he puts these numbers up. If Yeah, if he, look, he looked good against Brooklyn, man. He looked good against Brooklyn. <laughs> that Brooklyn team did not look good against Dallas the other day. I mean, the same thing comes to LeBron James as well. Like, you know, he puts up a lot of his numbers in the first three quarters, but when it comes to the fourth, he disappears. So, and that's when, you know, your team needs you to be there. So if if Doncic can deliver, you know, some of those numbers in the fourth and be influential influential towards, you know, them winning more games, they're definitely, he's definitely going to win the MVP. Yeah, I think he's a really good chance. And if he does, the last three years have been European guys coming in and winning MVP. Yeah. The trend is uh, definitely shifting towards some of these guys. So let's keep an eye on uh, on Luka Doncic. He's putting up amazing numbers so far. Dallas don't impress me overall as a team. Christian Wood is actually fucking playing off his tits at the moment too. Wood's playing good, but I mean, do you see that lasting? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced yet that he is as good as, as what he's putting up at the moment. But he might be. Is he coming off the bench because their bench is weak? I mean, why aren't they starting him? Why is JaVale McGee starting? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Good question. I, I don't know. Do they need more punch? Maybe they just need more punch off the bench or Jason something like that. But King, right? I think you're right. He's been playing great ball. Like what I've, The little I've seen of Dallas, he's been playing great. Jason Kidd is the coach, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing these like – it's funny. He's wearing like uh, – you know Jacob Jacomas, the, the Illawarra yeah. Hawks coach? Jason yeah. Kidd has the exact same glasses as him. The clear frames. <laughs> it, it, he looks like a, a yeah. I can, he looks what like. What are a, you concentrating on when you watch basketball? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just I noticed Jason Kidd was wearing the same glasses as Jacob Jacobus. Okay. Yep. Factoid. Fact. Good to know. <laughs> but Jason Kidd's a shit coach, and I think that's why. <laughs> that's the answer to your question about Christian Wood. Did you see the Celtics Bulls game, Frank? I did. Now that upset me that game because I mean, we, the, the we fucking, totally we totally fucked it. But I hate those starts when the Celtics shoot really well from the three point line in the first quarter because it's a false positive usually. They get complacent after that, stop playing good transition defense and let the other team get a run on us. 
Well, it, it was again like with us. It's it was the fucking our bench that got us back into the That's game and brought in a shitload of energy. I said that and to you. I said these bench guys, they come out, they're bringing the energy, um, they're bringing the Bulls back, and you know the Celtics were up nineteen or something, and they erased that pretty quick. And you had Dragic and Dr- Drummond for us. They've been they've been fucking playing fantastic good. for us. They're, they're playing really good, and they're, they're playing with great chemistry too. Yep. Agree. It's just uh, you know our starting five haven't really gelled yet. You know it's, it's uh, hope Patrick. or nope for the for the Bulls, Frank. Hope or nope. Hope. And what are we hoping for? You you thinking? I'm hoping Lonzo Ball comes back the fuck soon. Top four seed in the East. No. Five to eight. Five to eight. Yeah, something in there. I think. If if Ball can come back by January or something like that and uh, starts to mesh with the team, then we can push for. Maybe the fifth. Yeah, look, I hope I hope Lonzo Ball plays because um, you know the full ball squad should be a pretty interesting team to watch. I think they'd uh, beat a lot of the Eastern Conference teams, and they have proven even without Lonzo Ball, they can beat the Celtics. So good on them. Uh, <laughs> good on Chicago. There. Let's quickly enough the NBA. Uh, there'll be plenty of the, more of that to come. Uh, let's move on to Hero Zero. A hero. Now, Frank, you got a hero and zero, mate. Well, my hero of the week. Let's not say of the week. Let's just say, you know, for this episode. I guess, I mean, it's so far it's, you know, it's fucking, these teams that are throwing spanners into the works at the moment, so, you know, the Portlands and Utahs, and, you know, it's good to see that they're winning games. and Orlando and, being yeah. Sacramento winning. Sacramento. Yeah, they've, they've won a bit, haven't they? I think they're playing now, actually. Uh, let's see. Know. But you know, I'm yeah, they're winning. Seeing... They're beating beating Miami uh, fourth quarter ten minutes ago. Yeah, uh, I'm loving seeing Philly, Philly, and fucking Miami playing like shit at the moment. <laughs> oh god! But uh, but my zero of the week is fucking just the Lakers front office genie. She signed Pal- yeah, Palinka. Uh, you know, Rob Lowe, oh. aka Rob Palinka. Yeah, I mean that guy's royally fucked up the Lakers. I mean, they're zero and five, and you know, and their draft pick for this year goes to the Pelicans. <laughs> so fingers crossed, Lakers keep fucking losing, and you know that they've they've screwed, royally screwed up their fucking future. The, uh, Pelicans have got a good team. Pelicans are playing pretty well, man. I like their team. Yeah, like they seem to gel pretty well with, and then you know, just to add to that with another draft pick would be fucking great. Good chemistry on that team. It seems like. Um they hopefully keep it rolling. So your your hero is the uh, is um, the lower ranked teams in the NBA beating everyone. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. your, your zero is Jeannie Bus and Rob Polinka, basically. Yeah, and the like, like can I play devil's advocate? Because I I too I agree with you. I agree. I think that Rob Polinka has been terrible. And you remember early on there was supposed to be look, Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka were supposed to be working together, and Magic yeah. Johnson went. Magic Johnson quit. Remember, and it was like, nah, man, this like. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's doing out. things without my approval and stuff he, like that. So he quit. He yeah. yeah, like. But I heard Jalen Rose the other day, uh, probably the worst <laughs> commentator on ESPN. Oh, yeah. Um, he said the other day, and I thought, oh, this is interesting. View. I mean, he played with Rob Polinka at Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Yeah, but he said you could look at Rob Polinka and say he did his job. His job was to get win them a championship, and they did. In the, I mean, sure, it was in the bubble, and no one counts it. They won the the Disney championship. Yeah, I mean, no one count like no one in basketball counts it, but I mean, no. they did right win right. I mean, they did yes, and that's what his job was to do was to get 
LeBron James and Anthony Davis a championship, and he did win one. I mean, has he done his job? I mean, sure, he's fucked the team for years, probably years to come. To come. But he did his. Did he do his job? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, without knowing a lot of the ins and outs of NBA front offices, it's it's probably impossible to have an accurate take on that. But from the, the from an outsider's you, point of view, yeah, it just looks like a shambles. You know what? I mean, yeah. no, it? it is, it is. But if you went into a job like that, Frank, here's a, here's a fucking ethical conundrum for you, Frank. You answer this: If you went into it, if you were the GM of a club and you had the chance to win a championship immediately, but you mortgaged the team for five, six years after that, would you do it? Yeah, that's a hard question. Oh, oh, look, I've maybe for a small team franchise, perhaps, but for the Lakers, you wouldn't. Yeah, and the other thing too with the Lakers, I think, is that the Lakers are supposed to that they don't want to ruin their image as the destination to be for superstar players, and they don't want to up, upset any of their superstar players. They don't want to upset Westbrook. I mean, they'll, they'll just pay out Westbrook and let him stink because ten years down the line, they don't want there to be the image that they don't look after their superstars when they're trying to get a free agent superstar to come to LA. So they'll just do whatever fucking LeBron, Davis, Westbrook want. They don't care. Like, you know, they just want it to be the place to be, the, the place where big free agents want to play. Yeah, but it's, and it's, it is still that, right, even though they're a terrible team. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's it's up to the GM to know his job and to know what's going to be good or bad for the team. I mean, for instance, yes, Davis and LeBron wanted Westbrook, but you, you go back to when LeBron, Wade and Bosch were at Miami and – you know, Spolstra wasn't winning him games. They were, you know, they, I think I think they were eight and nine at the time, and they all marched up to Pat Riley and said, um, "Get rid of Spolstra. He's a shit coach." And he, Riley basically told them to fucking fuck off and, <laughs> you know, do your job and play games. Yeah, you just you just be a player. Stop trying to influence what uh, we do here in the front office. Yeah, and you know, and you know, Riley was right, and you know, Spolstra got him two rings, and yeah. you know, and he's a great coach. But there's a time where you've got to fucking you don't listen to your players, no matter who they are. That's right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think the Lakers are. You know, they're paying the price for pandering to players a little bit. Yep. Yeah, exactly. it's it's, it's, it's a it's a razor's edge. You got to balance there, I guess. If yeah. you're them, and, but, and, I mean, and look, I see your point though, Matt. Like Rob Polinka was asked to do a job. Basically, he did it. Maybe he was sitting there the whole time going, "Yeah, okay, well, I'll do this, and we'll, and look, we'll probably win in the bubble there, but uh, you know what? It's going to cost us. It's going to cost us the next five years. You sure you want me to keep going? And they yeah, go, yes, yes, yes. Please do it. So yeah. now, now, you know, I don't think I don't think it's it's probably not fair to put all the blame squarely on the Lakers front office um it is bad but uh, I mean most of it I think I think that they in the end they do take it and he does look like a real first class asshole let's just, just <laughs> yeah. look at him you know what I mean like he looks just looks like a fucking well, he looks like Rob Lowe. Is, is it not yeah. Rob Lowe? are they uh, he look, yeah he looks like sleazy Rob Lowe, though <laughs> not sleazy Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. yeah, yeah Rob, Rob Lowe, the proper Rob Lowe that we all know is is I, I like Rob Lowe, you know but Rob Polinka no I don't like him no no, I mean, even though look, they look exactly the same, almost. It's a pretty complicated issue, but I think we can all agree that it's just really fun to see the Lakers suck. Yeah, they're trash, yeah. and uh, they won't win more than thirty games this year. That's what I'll True. say about it. Pro- yeah, I think so. Yeah, about, I've got a, I've got a quick uh, hero and zero before we wrap it up here, unless uh, unless you've got one, Matt. But I was listening. To, I can't remember which game this was, but it was Richard Jefferson and I think Sarah Kustok. 
uh, their resident analysts for the Brooklyn Nets. I'm pretty sure that I was watching it. Might have been the Nets and, and Dallas game. I'm not sure whether this is hero. I don't know whether she's a hero for saying this or whether it's zero for every NBA TV analyst for not acknowledging this before. And basically, the point was made about there was some call on the floor that Richard Jefferson commented on, and Sarah Kustock, and I'm pretty sure it was her, I can't, I mean, I wasn't fully engaged in the game, I didn't like hear Richard Jefferson throw to her or anything, but she's the resident, so I assume it's her, she's said to Richard Jefferson, oh, so you know about that NBA rule because you attended NBA, you, you attended referee camp. And Richard Jefferson said, yeah, that's right. That's right. I did. I did go to referee camp and uh, there was a lot of stuff that I had to learn about the NBA rules and I've forgotten pretty much all of it except for that one rule that he commented on. Um, And and Sarah responded by saying, you know, maybe that would help. Maybe it would help the people broadcasting for the NBA, the the analysts for the NBA, maybe it would help them. To know what the rules are in the current NBA. To to have detailed knowledge, to attend referee camp so that they know what the actual rules are. And And she made the comment that it would help the broadcast for the analysts to know the rules. Now, why hasn't this point been made before, number one? And number two, why don't? I mean, that's that's an acknowledgement that NBA analysts and broadcasters don't know the rules. Yeah. Well, you could probably, like, expanding on that a little bit, they're pretty much all ex-players, right? Do the, do well, the Sarah, actual players know the rules? Like, Sarah you know, Kostok make, played. The players should attend it as well, maybe. Rich, Richard Jefferson played. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah. I, I don't guess. think they do, man. The finer points, I think a lot of the rules they probably don't know. I think maybe they should make commentators, everyone, GMs, players. Fucking. It should be mandatory, right, across yeah. the board. Everyone yeah. learn the rules. Let's stop arguing over what the rule is and let's everyone just fucking learn the rules, yeah? But yeah. like you, you spot on. You like you look at the refs; they don't know the rules. You look at before. Nah, the refs know the rules, but, but it's the interpretation of the rule that people get uh, muddied on. And in the NBA, let's face it: these refs in the NBA, they've obviously got a mandate to keep it entertaining, you know. But the they're also don't even know the fucking rules. Well, you know, the players that's that's on them. You know, they want if they want to keep going with the uh, their set of rules in their head instead of the actual rules, and that that's up to them. You, I don't think you can make the players learn the rules, but specifically for the broadcasters, right? That that, that was an acknowledgement by Sarah Kustock that they don't know the rules, but you look yeah, at and maybe even, they even should the- learn them, and that would help the broadcast because people would be educated about what the actual rule is. Now, the refs' interpretation of the rules. That definitely changes. There's been more fouls called in the NBA this year than I think the last 10 years at least. They're calling a lot more fouls. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing either, to be yeah, honest. But look, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but they're yeah. definitely there's a thing there in the NBA where they they're calling more fouls, right? They're trying to adjudicate. They're trying to do it by the rules a little bit more, I think. And they're yeah. try, they're definitely trying to stamp out taunting and and gesturing too much, which. I push back on. I mean, it's an entertainment league. You got to let these players emote, man. You've got to let them. Yeah. 
Like, just because they put their hands up in the air because they disagree with the call, that's not a reason to give them a tech, I don't think. If they no. scream out after a huge block or a huge alley-oop dunk or, or breakaway dunk or whatever, that's not grounds for a technical foul. You know, you've got to let the player... I mean, it's an emotional game and it's an entertainment league. These guys are all fired up. You've got to let them... The natural thing is for them to let out emotion. Yeah. I think that isolated is fine, but you've got... Let's not forget, you've got Draymond Green and fucking Luka Doncic constantly barking yeah, at, the, right. at the, like all the time. I don't know if you really, like the just the average viewer gets how much they're fucking yelling at the refs all the time. Oh. And you see, they, you see. It. Yeah. I think that they definitely need to institute, like I'd be fine with it in the NBL as well. The AFL rule where you just fucking accept the decision and that's it. And shut the fuck up about it. And sh- Yeah, and, and no, you know what I mean? Play the, the game, coach, move the on person, and play the game. Yeah, and the only person that can really sort of maybe argue argue is the coach. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I think that that would be, man, if they really want, you know, to get bad – you know, like, because I, th- I guess the argument is all that behavior badly influences. They don't want to, you know, it's a bad influence on kids. I yeah, think it's is a bad what, example. Is their main thing. Bad yeah. example uh, to set for the kids. Yeah. So if they're really, really like interested in that, they should get get the abuse of umpires out of the game. Yeah. Well, they they have to. Uh, but yeah. like you said, just someone throwing up their arms. I think you know, I'm screaming or, out uh, after a dunk. I'll just go, yeah, I think that that is, you know, no no harm, no foul. That's just right. You've got to, yeah. yeah, I don't understand that getting a technical foul. Or You know, there was one the other day where breakaway dunk and he stood there, flexed his muscles and screamed out and the ref gave a, gave a tech because apparently he was taunting a player on the other team. And he was like, yeah. I didn't see that at all. I just saw him, you know, as he landed, he flexed, screamed out, but the ref's gone, oh, that was directed at this player. You're taunting Yeah, they're, like, they're concentrating on the wrong thing. That's they've, not. They've got to allow instant emotion of things like that. But I think so. It's, it's, yeah. it's when the players start complaining more and more, backchatting the refs, that's, what's, that's what they need no, to find. The refs need to go, look, that's enough. Stop talking to me or anymore and it's going to be a tech. If they keep talking, it's a technical foul. That's what they do in the NBL. They, they warn them. They give them clear warning and say, look, you need to stop now or it's going to be a tech. They, if the player can uh, persist with it, they get a technical foul. Yeah, that's, I think that's there's how you think Generally, there's a lot too much talk. There's too much talk between players and referees. Yeah, it needs to be too more much, of a bit more of a professional relationship, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a bit too much banter going on. You've got to allow for some of it, but within reasonable, you know, limits. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to take it back to the Hero and Zero segment, I think Sarah Kustok is the hero of, of uh, I think she's the hero, and every other TV analyst in the NBA is zero because they did not acknowledge that point. And that is the first time I've ever heard it acknowledged on an NBA broadcast that knowing the rules might just help inform people watching basketball and make the broadcast better. So, oh, man, I could I could go on for hours about that. <laughs> it's a, no, it's a good point, mate. Um, so, look, we'll, we've gone way over time again, of course, uh, so we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for joining me again today, guys. Uh, Matt's been great. No worries, mate. It's always a pleasure to yak about some ball. And Oracle. Yeah. Uh, always good, always fun. Oh, fucking, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you really phoned it in today, Oracle. Yeah, did you look into the future and know you were going to say that? <laughs> well, yeah, I, did, I looked at it and gone, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's about it. Is it because we're doing this in the morning that you're? Uh, you know, it seems you're a little bit. 
Should have a coffee, no. mate. Have a coffee, mate. Do a monster energy I, drink. Back when I did, I had to fucking squeeze the shit out before me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all do that in the morning, mate. It's not just you. Anyway, we're, yeah, we're on the we're on the social media. How's the TikTok going, Frank? Are we uh, we blowing up on that still, or what? Yeah, it's going. It's it's going well. I was, I was actually going to do another video for it today and fucking see how it goes. Okay. Put some controversial shit out there. Where do, where do people find that, mate? Um, on TikTok. Yeah. Huh. Is it at- what's the account name? What's the what's the thing? You know, the name of it. Is it Garbage Time or something? Garbage Time Pod, is it or something? Oh, here we go. Here we go. It's at a it's at G Time Basketball Podcast. G Time Basketball yeah. Podcast. So find One us on word. TikTok via that. Uh, via that username, we're on Instagram, GT Basketball Pod, Twitter, Facebook, Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Find us on that. We're on Spotify, all the podcast apps, wherever you find podcasts. We're there, except YouTube. Uh, but we'll be there soon. I think so. Look into that this week. Uh, what else? Anything else, guys? Anything to close out with? Nah. As as usual, (laughs) fuck all to close out with. See you later, everyone. Remember the days when you had no schedule and you could just do whatever you wanted whenever you like? Oh, yeah. That was fucking brilliant. Take me back to those days, please. Now I've got uh, things organised, fucking constant reminders going off on my phone for something. Weeks in advance. Remember, this is happening. Don't forget this is happening. Don't forget to do your taxes. I still haven't done my taxes yet. Five minutes overdue on your fucking next knob-sucking, (laughs) cock-sucking, jizz-sucking... I was sucking. I was I was in that area yesterday, Frank, and I can I can tell you first hand experience, there was just blowjobs everywhere. It's just people just sucking off other people randomly <laughs> in public. That's what was happening. Fucking schlongs flying all over the place. <laughs> slongs, jeez everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? This is fucking great shit. Good stuff, guys. All right. Uh Take care of yourself, fellas. Fucking look after yourselves. I'll uh... best wishes, everyone. You too. Just yes. remember to uh, wipe your chin when you finish up, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the one fucking clearing me throat for forty-five minutes during the middle of the thing. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't so the one with the gravy in his fucking mouth. Yeah, he wasn't trying to cough up a pubic hair, mate. <laughs> yeah, no.